When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 111 of the Bid Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week. This week, joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how's things? How's it, brother? Jared Connor, what's the crack? Yeah, grand, thanks. And the returning Donald Kelly. Donald, Donald, what's up? Uh, not a lot, Ronan. Living the dream. This week, we'll look back. We have a packed show to look back on. Uh, we'll look back on the men's 2 0 win over UCD. We'll look back on the Women's Historic Cup Triumph over Bowes. We'll hear your shouts from the shed end. We'll discuss the latest news. And we'll also hear from women's team's captain and goal scorer, M. Hansbury, um, to look back on Saturday's win. And we'll also look ahead to Friday's game at home to Derry City at the showgrounds. So, lads, Go back to Saturday night at home to UCD, Sean. Sorry for yourself. Um, it was kind of hard to know what really what to expect going into the game, but I suppose all in all, we got three points, and that I suppose the main result of it all. Yeah, that was the main and the minimum requirement, really, wasn't it? From the night, that's all we wanted to see. Uh, just as we were saying there before we come on, very very nervy. Like, you know, strange feeling. So it was heading in into the game and you could feel the nerves in, the, in around the ground and even you could see the players on the pitch seemed to be very nervous in the first half especially uh, you know it wasn't pretty to look at by any means the first half was it was very poor but you know we, we got better in the second half in fairness still created a lot of chances which was a big positive um, with the change of style of play and stuff but it seemed to work out a little bit in our favour but uh, look Three points on the board, that's all we were looking for. It was important we got them, and you know, I'm sure we'll go into the game a wee bit more, but for now, that was the most important part. And Jerry, we heard previously that we'll, we'd hear, we'd see a new Sligo Rovers and a raft of changes. And it seemed really, I suppose, back to basics, really, was the. Yeah, back to basics and back to kind of a, an experienced lineup. I think it was, look. It was kind of a case of getting as many experienced players out in the pitch as possible. You know, like the likes of Morin moving to right back, Cody coming into midfield with uh, Greg, yeah, Gary Buckley and uh, John Mann at the back, and then Hutchison on the left. So, and obviously Richard Brush coming into goals as well. So, very, very experienced team. Uh, yeah, and you said back to basics. I think we play it better than what people are. I don't think it was as bad a performance in the first half nor the second half as people kind of making it out to be I think everybody was calling us for to get back to basics and get the ball forward a little bit more that's exactly what we done then when we done it people are still complaining we did create quite a number of chances uh, on another night we would have had four or five easily hit the bar a couple of times the post stuff like that probably had a couple of penalties turned down the, the first one in particular Jesus he, he, he practically caught the ball and it still wasn't a penalty so 
stonewall penalty. I think everybody in the ground, and except the, the officials thought that. Yeah, so I don't think it was as... I, I think it was it was grand. It was good. It was, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but it was... I think people were looking for a five-star performance. But they're saying one thing and then thinking another. So I don't really... I don't really get what they're what they're looking for. Last the last night was all about winning, really. Um, the night before that, I watched uh, Galway and Dundalk, and um, probably going off in a little bit of a tangent now. But people complain that we sometimes play too much football. But if you watch, if you've watched Galway United this season, like I've never seen a more agricultural football team in my life. They play absolutely zero football. So. You know, I suppose be careful what you wish for too, you know. And Donald, how important was it to get that first goal? We always say, Ronan, that, that uh, the first goal is, is key in these games. And I, I actually, I agree with Jerry. I didn't think the performance was bad at all. Stonewall penalty kick uh, very early in the half. Uh, that wasn't given. And I, I just, just on that, I just think it's amazing how linesmen can see some things and, and not see other things and consistently... These decisions have, have, have yet again gone against us. Now, in fairness, we won the game. It was, it was massively important, Ron, sorry, uh, uh, to score first. Massively important. The, uh, the But we, we started the game at the right tempo. We pressed high up the pitch. All the things that I felt we hadn't been doing, uh, we were aggressive, but a controlled aggression. You know, it's we, we just had the right mentality and we started the game in the, in the correct manner, which we should have done. I, and I commend John Russell for for making a couple of big calls and a couple of brave calls. And you know, it's it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. As again, it was what like what Jerry was saying. Like, it was the most important thing last um, last uh, Saturday night was the three points. It was all, all about the result, and we got it. Uh, first goal, massive. We created plenty of chances though after that too. And uh, in fairness, Pedro as well was very unlucky with his his chance from 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 the edge of the box too. That I think came off the post of the better. But um, yeah, first goal is key, and keep keep a clean sheet run as well as another uh, important aspect of the performance the other night too. But um, yeah, it, it gives I suppose a platform in the game to 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 build on. Now I know the first half was very very nervy. It felt nervy. I was I was watching it from abroad, but it it felt nervy. Uh, but I thought in the second half, like with, with the goal, with the goal lead, I thought we were a bit more composed and we're better, we're by far the better team and well worth three points. And Jerry Pedro leading the line once again. I suppose he did everything but score on on Saturday night. Yeah, I thought he, I it was definitely his best game so far. Um, I heard a few people being kind of critical of him, um, but I thought he really did actually lead the line very well. Played as a centre forward, wasn't dropping deep. Uh, showing for the ball, holding it up, bringing other players into to play. I suppose, look, he had an unbelievable chance uh, off the cuff there in the first three or four minutes where he chested it, turned and, and hit the bar. And, you know, that goes in. That's that's goal of the month all day long. Um, had another chance then where he's clean through. Look, he's not the, the paciest. Probably took one or two many touches. Uh, I think another game or two, he probably would have got a shot off and been a bit that bit sharper. Uh, unlucky as well I thought to be taken down for the penalty because he was clean through so he was getting in from, I suppose what I'm trying to say to is that he was getting into the right positions uh, he was taking up the right positions where you want to see your centre forward he's getting in around the box rather than getting touches you know 20, 20 uh, yards deep into our half he was getting touches 20 deep into their half and then 
building the play and, and going from there. Now, look, it wasn't, a, again, it wasn't a five-star performance. It was definitely a lot of positives, so many positives to take from it. I honestly think that he will be a really, really good player. He just needs to get off the mark. You could see he was getting more frustrated as the game was going on. But he just needs one, one to win off somebody's arse or, or off his own arse, Stephen. And I, I think, you know, he, there's a player there, definitely. Um, and I think as well as Burton. I think Burton, uh, when he gets sharper as well, he'll create chances for him. And just touching on, I know you want to talk about Barlow. I thought he's done really, really well when he came on for for Burton. Just on Pedro as well there, Jerry, uh, you can see that it is a confidence issue with him because, you know, if he if he gets one or two in behind him now in terms of goals, like those chances the other night against UCD, I don't think he takes that extra touch. Yeah. Closing down in and go, I think he just lets loose. You yeah. Know? But even, even the other night, like I'd say that's, that's his most chances in this season so far, like nearly combined. You know, like he's only had one or two maybe tops in other games. Like I think he had even four or five, maybe six even the last night. So yeah, he was constantly a threat. Yeah. Like, and like, and his link-up play was even a lot better though there was more to it yeah but it's like what you were saying before as well in that you know he's drawing players towards him so he's creating space for others um, and we've seen that from you know if you look if you go back to the first goal um, where uh, uh, who was it picked the ball up Bulger picked the ball up about 30 yards from goal and he drove towards the box mm. oh uh, where he drove into the space that was created from um Pedro dropped back towards the yeah. Do you know you could see the kind of pattern of play and the, the the gaps opening up further up the pitch rather than on the halfway line or you know we're a lot more threatening. I just you know before I know Donald's eager to talk about Barlow as well and rightfully so too because his impact is huge when he came on but a player as well I think that's going to fly under the radar from the other night was Carlos Sullivan. Wow, um, I thought Carlos was absolutely fantastic the other night and I've been critical of Sullivan and especially on his um, final ball and stuff and look even the other night look it wasn't amazing his final ball but the amount of corners he won the other night was I, I'd lo- I actually need to go back and look at the stats to see how many he actually did win because it was phenomenal his work rate throughout the whole game was second to none I thought he was brilliant and he was constantly a threat and constantly an outlet for any, if anyone any, any ball over the top he chased everything down really impressive performance of him delighted to see it too because he's been out for so long so like it's that kind of fighting determination we need at the moment and then if you're if he's going winning corners like that you know hopefully Branfack will start now against Derry because if you have his delivery like that's a constant threat as well all game so like that'll be interesting going forward and Donald you want to touch on on Verdona's impact off the bench yeah, well, it was obviously it was a massive impact. Like, uh, like that was a massive game. It was a massive moment in the game. Like, like what we're seeing earlier on, a goal up, very, very nervy in the first half. But Barlow just, I suppose, brought that bit, bit of something different. And he backed himself to shoot. It was a great finish. And uh, like that's what Kieran Barlow has in the, in the locker. Do you know he's uh, he's a talented, talented young man, and he came on and he secured that those three points for us, which was massive. Massive for him and massive for us as a team on on uh, Saturday night. <clears throat> so hopefully we see more of that from Caelan because, uh, as I said, we we all know he has it. And um, maybe with a bit more freedom, I suppose, in a less pressure game, um, 
he could do a bit more of that on, on Friday night as well. He seems definitely. to have a lovely link up as well with Hartman. He does. Even even going back, looking back at clips of that, remember that other game it actually was against UCD, wasn't it? That, yeah, that they, they were, the roles reversed for the goals, yeah. 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 So they seem to read each other well, yeah. So yeah. They know exactly where each other are because it's always when you when they combine on the pitch, it's always one and two touch. Yeah. And they're it, bouncing off each other all the time. On the same but, evening, yeah. The two goals were exactly what fans were asking for. You know, where like as I said to you, Bulger drove into the box, he made it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, where I suppose people weren't doing that previously, like, you know, breaking and pushing into the box and, you know, making stuff happen. Same as well with the second goal. It was nice build-up play to kind of recycle the ball and nice interchange. So for people to say that we didn't play good football was kind of a bit mad. It's just because, you know, we weren't playing out from the, from the back. All of a sudden then we were like being direct where we weren't. We, we did go more direct, but I think we done exactly what everybody was asking for and that we mixed it up. We played football at the right times and, we, and the right... It's not that we played football at the right times. We actually played football in the right areas. Yes. And we got the ball forward quicker. So, I don't know. I just... I, I can't figure people out at times. But, Jerry, it seemed to actually work better for us most of the time as well. And when the players settled into it, yeah. you, know, you could see the benefits coming from it. Like yeah. even and I think Russell spoke on the podcast last week, and you know he made he made the point of saying, you know we don't score scruffy goals because we don't penetrate the box enough to force something scrappy. We're always looking for the perfect goal. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you go back then to the other night there, and we get a scruffy goal off Osan who who scores an OG. We haven't had that all season. I'd say every other team in the league has had three or four of them kind of goals at least. That was our first one all season. Where we oh, really... Yeah, you and asked the, the question. And the movement in and around the box. Yeah. It was in 20 yards inside our half. It was in and around the box where the movement was to create the space for him to run into. And then, so, you know, people could say that's a lucky lucky goal. But what I, you know, what I always kind of say is make your own luck. And we, exactly. made, the, we made it happen. Yeah. And I think actually without moving off and too quickly, Bulger as well the other night. He led by example. Excellent. Yeah. And David Morning uh, as well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, it was And actually, there was one part, and it wasn't even about football and ability or ending. It was, we actually treated UCD, like, not to be disrespectful, but the way they should be treated, like the kids that they are. We didn't show them too much respect. We bullied them around the place at times. And even their keeper, he was constantly, he was a, he was a little mouthpiece all game, running out to the referee at every opportunity when Pedro was getting you know, taken down or that. And just I just remember David Cawley just running up to him at one point and just telling him to shut the fuck up and get yeah. back into his box and just run. I was just like, that's what we need to do because go back to the start of the season. That's what we were. We were They were coming out as men on the pitch and we weren't intimidated by anyone and we weren't showing anyone too much respect. And throughout the season, we kind of lost that. So to see that even come back the other night and just just be aggressive and you know, don't care about the opposition as such. Respect them in their ability, but apart from that, just leave them off, you know. It was nice to see that, but you need those experienced players and those older heads to do that, I think. We saw the men's team got to win in the league, but also the women's team have every right to be to be happy as well. You know, they kind of suppose they deserve the headlines really, you know, into their, their first ever cup semi final. Yeah, a magnificent one nil away one nil away win to, to Bose. A tight game all round. Um came down to a set piece. Uh came from a corner and 
I think Emma Doherty had a shot in the edge of the box and uh, I think it went in off Emma Hansbury. So again, you know, we're talking about making your own luck and being in the right place at the right time and uh, yeah, fair dues. Uh, I've been to most, I think I've been to nearly all of the, the women's home games now at this season and I think that's something that they've been long overdue a win like that. Um, just from the amount of work and patience that they put in and trying to play the game in the right way all the time. And they really, really deserve that. And look, it's a massive, massive occasion now uh, with the home draw against that lone town this morning. Uh, I was watching the draw live myself and I was, I think we, we, we were first out of the half, followed by that lone then. So look, it's, I think the game's going to be played on the 16th of October or the weekend ending of the 16th of October. So hopefully it's on a, possibly on a Saturday night, maybe at 7.45 and, get a massive crowd uh you know in the ground uh to to what could be uh you know the road to an FEI Cup final for for the guys. It'd be absolutely amazing. And I would say to anybody half thinking about going, go. Absolutely go. The women's games are really, really entertaining. The crowds haven't been great, to be fair. Uh, and this is I think this is a really you know the season hasn't gone according to plan. But this really could be the spark that kickstarts not just ladies' football for this season, but I think it could kickstart it, you know, Sligo Rovers women's team indefinitely. It could be the the catalyst to really push us on to the to the next stage. So, um, our you know we've had a mix. Well, we've played I've won three times this season. The beaten us three times. But every time we've played them, we've got closer and closer to them. You know, I think the last game we played them was 2-1. Before that was 4-2. So we're, we're getting closer. Uh, and like that too, Bulls have beaten us a couple of times in previous this season as well. So there's no reason why we can't be that lone at home with a big crowd behind the, the girls. And, you know, we could be on, on the road to a cup final and it'd be absolutely amazing and so well-deserved. So I, I was, I'm thrilled with it. Absolutely thrilled for the guys. I'm thrilled for the club. And because, like, you know, I suppose, I'm sorry to keep going, but, you know, we were one of the first clubs to really uh, take the plunge with women's football at, at all levels. And it will be a great um, reward for, for the club and Steve and Brendan and all the guys that are, uh, Gary, um, that are involved with, you know, the coaches and, and everybody behind the scenes and the players obviously themselves. So, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And Jerry, before I well, before I go to Donald, I can well they can they've confirmed the the fixture details. So it's on the Saturday the fourteenth, six o'clock. So um it's good, I suppose, that it's uh, it's not at the near the kickoff, you know, it's six o'clock in the evening and Saturday night. So there's no men's fixtures around that as well. So really there's no excuse if if you can be there, just go. Um Donald, like we can touch on the game briefly. Um, like Jerry mentioned the goal, but a clean sheet, like this team, I kind of suppose has been suspect for conceding goals throughout the season. And but to to win in the manner they did was that's it's it's extremely satisfying, really. Yeah, Ronan, and it's funny, I suppose, no more than the men's team, like the clean sheet and scoring the first goal are, are massive in, in in both leagues. I suppose in every game of football, really. Um, but it shows the character, and and in fairness, like 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 the girls have been down a couple of times, 
and they've been on the wrong side of some some uh, bad defeats. But one thing that they've always done, they've, they've always bounced back. Their, their heads have never really dropped, and they've come back from from any kind of negative result that they've had. And if and you know credit to them because um, they're they're in a semi final of of the League of Ireland Cup, and rightly so. They've they've earned the right to be there. I think that game against uh, the Bonagree uh, uh, might have been a bit of a catalyst for them as well, or a, a, a turning point for them. And that game in itself will tell you the firepower that they have. They have every chance of going out there and beating at Lone Town. And uh, now I suppose at Lone Town are no mugs either. In fairness, they got the 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 they got the final last season, so there'll be no dopes. There's a couple of uh, young, um, I suppose, people from this region that are playing for them as well, and. Um, you know, it's it's it'll be a great occasion for everybody. I'm sure they'll bring their own support as well. But uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. It's 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 nearly like a free hit for us. But the girls have really earned it, and they've they deserve to get a big crowd for that game because um, it's a massive achievement. Uh, it's second season against the semi final of, of the the League of Ireland Cup is absolutely huge. And as Jerry said, it could be just the springboard to really to to, to push things on uh, in the region for 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 the future of women's football. Yeah, I like uh, as you said, Donald. I don't want to know mugs. Um, uh, I think they were really unlucky in the, the cup final last year against Shelburne. If I remember correctly, that a uh, pretty good goal disallowed late in the game that would have put them ahead. And um, so, yeah, there, there. Um, there's some really good players like Marin Devani and and people like that. So, but as I said to you, we're getting closer and closer and closer to them. Um. So this this could be the this could be the our turn to to turn them over and uh, get to a cup final. Um, yeah, so I, I think it'll be a really fantastic occasion. Like you said, uh, Ron, as well. There's no men's in and around that uh, that weekend. So yeah, look, if you're in the area or if you're you're half thinking about going, definitely do go to a game. You'll you'll really enjoy it, and. It could, it's, it's it, one way or the other, it's a historical occasion, anyways. Like, you know, so bring it on. This is Sean from America. Um, nothing negative this week. I mean, we've done that over and over this whole season so positive only we got the win scored a goal we got a clean sheet we did a bang up job in the annual draw I mean the ladies progressed in the, the cup to the semifinal all in all it was a fantastic weekend for the club um, as far as the UCD game goes, uh, I mean, we got the win, we got the clean sheet, scored a goal. You know, a couple of standouts for me. I thought Greg Bolger was incredible, um, man of the match for me. Um, but followed very closely by Carlos Sullivan. He was, I thought he was very good as well. Uh, special mention for Niall. I thought he was very good. And, uh, I mean, what all, what more can you say? Picked up three points, move on to next week, and, uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Keep the, 
the wind's rolling. Hopefully the ladies will do good in the next round and uh, see what happens up the rovers. And as touch on the latest news, um, we saw Jerry annual draw, new record for the annual draw on, on Saturday night. Yeah, 108,300. So, um, look, what can you say? It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I genuinely do think that, you know, we, we can keep beating that figure. Do you know, if... I think you get to see more and more people every year taking books and getting involved and all that sort of thing. So the network is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, 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 maybe I'm off me rocker, but I think there's potential there to hit 150 next year if we keep expanding that network and uh, hopefully a few more people come on board. Um, and like you know, I, I'm involved. I'm in a WhatsApp group, the Irish Supporters Network, um, and there's like kind of people from not that I'm a rep of the I suppose I'm there as a rep of the supporters trust um, and they're always bowled over uh, and envious in a good way of how Rovers are uh, so well equipped when it comes to fundraising and things like that and they were saying they should give tutorials and stuff like that like they, they really really are bowled over by the and it's not even about the, the it's pulled over by the response from the community uh, and how much the community is behind the club. And I know we said it a few times, uh, like anybody I asked to take a book, absolutely no problem whatsoever. Uh, it's a 99% of the books come back fully sold. Uh, the guys around the door, like Donal and that, you know, they were saying 90% of the people that opened the door were like, you know, absolutely no problem buying a ticket, happy to buy a ticket. Kind of one of the big responses from the doors is, oh, you're a little bit later this year than you were last year. Like people are waiting for them to come around. Um, and I suppose they were a little bit later because they covered more areas and, you know, places like Manor Hamilton and Drummer Hare and, you know, even other other parts of, say, Leitrim and, and South Sligo and places like that. So, in my opinion, there's no reason why you can't hit. Maybe I'm being pushing the boat out too far and being too ambitious and, you know, it's not for me to say, but I, I think, you know, if more people do get involved, no reason why you can't hit 150. And I think people are glad to give a 10 euro or 20 euro, whatever the case would be, because they feel like they're contributing to the club and they're part of the club. So for me, that's just as valuable as the 108,000 because people are buying into the ethos and the ideology of the club and the community spirit and they want to be part of that. So, that for me is is just as valuable as the money. Okay, so um, yeah, just some sad news this week. Um, just the passing of Hugh McLean from uh, Ballinfull uh, in North Sligo, an unbelievable supporter down through the years. Uh, one memory I have of Hugh was uh, when we played Shamrock Rovers in the RDS. I think it was in a cup quarter final, and we won two 0 And I remember standing beside him. I was very very young, but I remember I didn't know who he was at the time, but I remember hugging him. And he was, you know, that kind of way, like you, you hug the person beside you kind of thing. But I was chatting to him then. And so, like, I think there, there would be one person in the world that would have a bad word to say about you, an absolute gentleman, um, and will be greatly missed by the, the North Sligo and Sligo Rovers community. And just condolences to to his sons, Alan, Gary and Niall, and uh, to Sorka as well, who 
to be with is uh, Gary's daughter, and she always always helps him with the Dumb Supporters Club uh, Golden Goals, and you'd see them at every game. So, uh, yeah, just um, from everybody here, uh, just our, our deepest uh, condolences and uh, just rest in peace, you. Now, following last Saturday's historic victory over Bowes and Dalymount Park, I'm joined by the goal scorer and team captain Emma Hansbury. Emma, first of all, how's things? How are you getting on? Yeah, very good. Obviously, very happy um, going into this week. Result of the game at the weekend there. So, um, form is good, thank God. So, we touched on that game on Saturday. You know, going into it, it's a cup quarter final. I suppose a lot of people's eyes, you would have been the outsiders, but certainly it was uh, more than showed your own anyway throughout the game. Yeah, I think we were we were going into the game as underdogs, of course, with Bowes beating us um, already there in May this season. Um, so we were going in, I guess, with little pressure on us, but um, I think on the day we were, without doubt, the better team and fully deserved the win over Bohemians. And it is a, it's a, I suppose that's the, there'd be less pressure on you if you're not, you know, the underdogs would be, oh, I suppose the pressure that's on Bowes to win that game is probably greater than, than yourselves really going up to Dublin. like. Yeah, the, I, I guess Bowes had all the pressure on them. Um, they were in good form throughout the league season to date, um, with the exception of the last few games that they've lost. So I guess um, the pressure is on them to get a win again under their belts. Um we were going to do as the underdogs, as I said, so there was a little pressure on us. But also going into the game, we had a really good buzz and training a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, things like Rovers are well known for being a club cup team as well. So uh, we wanted to try and obviously live up to them standards and try and create our own little bit of history as well. So, um, of course, after the Bonaghy win in the showgrounds and then we were just hoping to get by the quarterfinal and getting to the semi-final and hopefully getting a home draw for people of Sligo to come out and support us. And tell me about the goal, the all count. The goal, I didn't know too much about, to be fair. Um, it came in from a corner and a bit of a scuffle around the box and uh, Jolie, Jolie Lockery had a bit of a snapshot and goal and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and it just happened to hit off me and deflect into the net. So um, Jolie done all the hard work for that goal. And we touched on the season so far. I suppose your own thoughts on it so far, frustration or plenty of optimistic as well at the same time? Yeah, um, I'm definitely the type of person that goes into every game optimistic. Um, honestly, anything can happen on the day in a game of football. And I think it always, I always say that it's not over until the whistle is blown. That's just the way I am. But um, of course, there's a little bit of frustration as well because I guess this season, we all feel overall we're probably a better football inside. We're playing better football. Um, we're working better as a team together, but unfortunately we're just not getting the goals or we're not getting the points on the board um, like we did last season. But that's where the frustration comes in because we are a better football inside this year, but unfortunately it's not converting over into points on the board, um, which is why Saturday gone by was all the sweeter, I guess, because it took a long time to to get another win under our belts and especially when it's a cup game getting to the cup semi-final um, it meant a lot to us and um, 
it was just lovely to see the joy in everyone's face after that game because uh, we have been grafting for a long time and not getting results. So um, Saturday gone by was extra special for that reason. Talk to me about the squad, really. Like we've last, well, the season long, we've talked to Emma Dorothy, Casey Howe. But it's, it's a it's generally kind of, I suppose, uh, players that are kind of are coming through. It's a young squad. Really. The average age of the squad is quite young, you know, really. As much as the results aren't a positive, they're certainly, it bodes well for the few, like, the players on the team will, they'll gain experience from, from the games that they've been playing the last two seasons as well. Yeah, well, you did say, yeah, it's a very young side that we have, um, with the exception of a few of us in our later 20s. Um, in the transfer window there, we did bring in Emer Lafferty and Paula McGrory, who have a lot of experience under their belts. But overall, it's a young side. Um, a lot have come up from the underage setup through the under-17s and under-19s ranks. Um, so you'd hope, obviously, with more games in the league, put more training under the belts and say after we complete this season of the Women's National League, that's uh, that'd be two seasons that they have behind them. And hopefully it's all about learning from experience and working with players around you, different players, different coach and staff. Um, so we do have to, I do have to always remember that there is a lot of young girls around me on the team. Um, and I suppose for the future, that's obviously very positive, but I guess when you're there in the moment, um, as a footballer, all you want to do is win games and be as competitive as possible and get points on the board. Um, so I do always have to remind myself quite often that it is a young squad that we have. And hopefully in two or three years, we'll see the benefits of the experience that they're getting now shine through. And going back to the cup, the draw was made actually earlier on. So it's at loan at home on the 14th of October. Um your initial reaction to, to the draw? Obviously very happy that it's a home draw. That was the most important thing for us. Um, that's that's what we wanted, I suppose. That was the best scenario for us out of the draw to make sure that we could get the game in the showgrounds. Um, but the reason being because the fans, when we have a big crowd in the showgrounds, the fans, without doubt, always help you on the day. Um, to definitely help raise the performance. So, our main thing was obviously to get a home draw, which was lovely to see. Um, we obviously got the draw against Athlone. Um, if we're being honest, I'm sure Athlone were delighted to see that they were playing us because, again, we'll be going into this game as underdogs, of course. Um, and we're well aware of that. And we'll fully respect Athlone for the team that we are. But um, we're going to bring, hopefully, a good bit of confidence into that game. We're hoping to have two good league games now under our belts before the semi-final against both at home against Bowles and Cork City and uh, if we can get a couple of points from them games we'll we'll go into the cup game with a little bit of um confidence hopefully in us and uh, with a home crowd as well sure anything can happen on the day Right, delighted to say now we are joined by a man who was really achieved cult hero status during his time at the showgrounds. It's Wesley Charles. Wesley, you're welcome to the podcast. Ah, cheers. Thanks. Thank you very much, everybody. How things? All good here, Wesley. So, we'll touch on first of all, um, your time at Sligo Rovers. Starting off first with, how how did you come? What brought you to Sligo Rovers? Or where did you first hear about Sligo? Um, um, I was in England actually. I was in England at. 
on trials with, with um Barry in um I think it was ninety-seven. Ninety-seven either ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I think it was ninety-eight actually, ninety-eight. The the sum of ninety-eight, yeah. Um I was there for a while. I was there for a while and um and um Barry wanted to sign sign me actually. Um Neil Warnock was the coach at the time. Yeah. And um he wanted to sign me, but um because our ranking was so low, I couldn't get a contract in I couldn't get a work permit actually in um in England. So then I couldn't um I couldn't get the contract, you know. So as I, I he did send me to um talk here at the time where um West Sanders was the the manager. And they also wanted to keep me but the same thing, the, the, the ranking of the country should have been like 75 and like 1 to 75, you know? But we were over that, so I couldn't get a, a work permit. So then I went to Burnley and trained for like one week because I was living close there and stuff. And then um, I came back home. And then um, I think it was this September. I think it was September, um, the, the, um, the president at the time for the Football Association said to me, um, there's a club in Ireland who um who, who been trying to make contact with you. And I said, Club in Ireland. And he said, Yeah. You know, so I said, okay, I'll check it out. And he said, Well, they have an email in the in the in the office. So I say, Well, I'll, I'll pass tomorrow and collect it, you know. So from that I, I contacted my agent and, and stuff and then he um organized for me to go over. You know? He organized me to, for me to go but before that I never heard about Ireland or Sligo or anything, you know. But <laughs> the man who, the person who is really responsible for me to get to Ireland is, I can't remember his name, you know, but he was the physio at Berry. So he's the one who asked me if I, if I don't want to go to Ireland. And I say, well, I don't know nothing about Ireland, you know. So then he, he, he ended up on contact um, Nicky Reed. Because he said he knew he knew Nicky Reed from his days at um, Man City, you know, and I say he will um he will contact he will contact Nicky Reed as a boy. I never take it for anything, but then it all happened, you know. And then I was there, being in um in Dublin waiting for the team, you know. Because I think I think we played um Pats that same night, and last. Always, what was your first impression when you got to Sligo? Oh, Chase. It's the most <laughs> rain I ever saw, brother. It's the most rain I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> the most rain I ever saw, my buddy. I tell you. Yeah, the most rain, trust me. But um that even before I get to even before I get to um Sligo, I was kinda disappointed and kinda wanted to leave, to be honest with you, because when I get to um when we get to the game, I was standing, I was standing right at um at the dugouts. No, not the dugouts. The um in a way when in by Pat's ground, you, you you come up that step from the dressing rooms. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was standing right. I was standing right there with um Mickey Robinson, you know, and um <laughs> and this fella, I, I felt something drop on my shoulder, and when I look around, it was like this. Big hunger spit, you know what I mean? And I look up, I look up, you know, and I, and this 
and this guy was up there telling me, fuck off, you black boss. I was so angry. I was so angry, man, you know? And I, I, never, I, I never really speak of them things because from the time I get to Sligo, it was like a family, you know what I mean? So that that just went out of my head, you know what I mean? But the first impression wasn't, it wasn't nice for me because somebody spat at me the, the very same day I, I get to Ireland and we lost like 4-1 to Pats. That same night, I think Sean Flannery scored the only goal for us that night. And what did you make of the standard of the team that you were signing into was? Um, it was, I mean, it, it was a to me it was a little bit lower than what I was accustomed to playing. But at the end of the day, um, it was a professional club, you know, and I really appreciate. Everything Sligo did to get me, everything Sligo Rovers did to get me there, you know. And I forget about home and what standard I played before, and just and just um graph to what what I'm going to get into. And yeah, that season, like you really took to the League of Ireland to your own. Like you, you weren't out of place in it, you know. A big physical centre half like yourself, you blended right in and you stood out. You know, were you happy with? How things went for, for yourself at Rovers? Yes, I know. You know, um, but you know, I can tell you something, right? I wasn't always a centre back, you know. I used to go keep before. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were going to say a striker or something, but definitely not yeah, a goalkeeper. <laughs> I, I used to be a goalkeeper, right? I'll tell you a story. I used to be a goalkeeper, and then um. They had like a, a interleague tournament, so like uh, it's a community tournament. So you you have to play with the community that you live in. But we had two good goalkeepers, which is myself and another guy. And the um the coach asked me to play centre back, and I did, and I did well. So when that tournament was playing, the national team was being picked, and the training squad was being picked. So they picked me as a, a defender. But then I went training with my goalkeeping gears. And then the president said to me, no, you have to play as a defender. So I was playing club football as a goalkeeper and training with the national team as a as a <laughs> wing-back, actually. You know, I was, I was training as a wing-back, you know. And then um, I made the team as a wing-back. But I used to still goalkeep. So then when um, there's one time when we were going monster at with um national team and then the strikers was training and the, the goalkeepers were saying, like, they're tired, you know. But the strikers didn't want to stop shooting. Like Rodney Jack. I don't know if you heard about Rodney Jack. He yeah. used to play Curl Alexander in England and, and stuff. Yeah. He's one of them who was and he 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 told the um he told the the coach that I could goalkeep, you know. And I went in the goal and make some saves and stuff. And then the coach picked the team right there. And we took 14 players to Montserrat. The two the, the, the other two goalkeeper got dropped. I had two jerseys. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so <laughs> You actually playing goals for us one day when the goalkeeper got sent off. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I actually remember that. I remember yeah. you going in goals yeah, yeah, actually yeah. one one yeah. day. I think Brujos yeah. got sent off. You went to goals. Brujos got sent off, yeah. 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 <laughs> have you still have you still got your gloves, Wesley? Oh jeez, never. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do with them now. No. <laughs> and are you working yeah. with the national team now, Wes? Yeah, 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 I'm I'm one of the um I'm one of the assistant coaches for the national team at the moment. 
I used to be I, I used to be um force assistant for the national team like about six years ago, seven years ago. And then yeah. we, we got to the fourth round of the World Cup qualifiers and then you know politics kicks in and other people decide, well, me, because it was myself and the head coach was Cornelius Huggins, and both of us played overseas. I I played in Ireland, and he played. He was he used to play in Malaysia and stuff. So we had a good we had a good thing going between us because we, I mean we played for the same club as kids, you know what I mean? And we always have that bond with us, you know what I mean? So we, together we, we will disagree, but in the end we will always come back. And, and and figure it out, you know what I mean? So we had something good going and then they um, decide they wanted him to leave and then so I said to them, if I'm if, if he's gonna leave, I'm gonna leave as well. You know, because he's the one who got, who, who, who have me here, you know? Yeah. And um but then they say no, they, they don't want us to leave. So they give me the um the U seventeen national team as head coach and um give Cornelius Huggins, the female senior team as well. But I went to Miami with with uh, my U17 team and did well. We, we finished um, joint top, but we, we, we finished second and goal goal average, you know. And okay. then when I came back, when I came back from that, no, in I think 2019, 2019, uh, 2018, they gave me the um, the U20, and I went Miami. I went Miami again with them in a tournament and did well again. We finished second, you know. Always been, always been beaten out by Nicaragua for some reason, you know. And where is how have you found the development of uh, international football in Saint Vincent now since you've been involved? It's been, it's up and down. To be honest with you, it's up and down because, like you know, like right now we have a lot of talented boys. I mean, but I would say like our the under twenty I was talking about. I would like to see some of them boys still involved in the national program, but a lot of them not around. Like, is either they give up the game or, you know, they're just not interested in playing national football. So, no. I mean, we have a nice bunch, and we're trying to coach different. We're trying to coach them different. Literally trying to understand the game themselves, trying to figure out the game themselves, you know, instead of being on the side shouting them instructions and, you know, is there any up-and-coming players that you think that could do maybe a job in, in Ireland or the UK or potential-wise? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have a lot of nice, we have a lot of nice talents and we have some nice, and, and for years I've been trying to get some players over, you know, but for some reason, nobody never really take up the my offer because I, I remember when Liam Buckley was there, I, I I reached out to him as well. We had a couple of conversations, you know, but nothing never happened, you know. But um, I just always talk about Sligo because I, as I was telling boys here, I mean, I played I played with a lot of clubs out of St. Vincent and achieved, like, win championships with Vancouver Whitecaps and did well other, other places. But Sligo was my first love, you know. He's a place that I will never forget. Is a place is times I will sit down home and just think about Skippy Lynch. Some of the shit he used to say, some of the shit he used to say when we used to play Gaelic football, you know what I mean? You know? City Gales. 
Yeah, City Girls, yeah. I, I play with City Girls. I go ahead actually with City Girls. And um and the and the um and the referee didn't give me that goal. And that's so what I was yeah. saying about Gaelic football, you could score with anyway, right? Yeah. And if you know only hand on foot, only hand on foot. Yeah. You know? Oh, Whereas you did it, you did it stitch yourself I mean, in the community as well though, because everyone knew you in Sligo. Yeah, you I know, mean you were a character around the place at the same time, but it, Good one. You see, you see, that is the thing, right? That is the thing with um. That is why I tell you before, my first time to Ireland was a good and a bad experience because somebody spitting at me in in um in Dublin in Pat Stadium was nice for my first day. But I get to Sligo. The trip to Sligo it was so long. I know it didn't feel that long now. Because the roads are better and stuff like that. But yeah. back then it seemed like it was forever. It's like we were driving forever at one point. Like <laughs> he had he had like Kip and them boys down the back. And he had some guys up front, some guys down the back. And I was I had this two this row for myself. And I just lie out and fell asleep. And then one time I woke up with the bus stopping and I was like, we reach? And Mickey said, No, son. And I was like, gee, I said, where are we going? And they say another hour. And he's like, I ride for another two hours. And, and they still say another half an hour. And I was like, nah. And then we get to the and then we get to the showgrounds, right? And everybody coming off the bus. And I, I got up and I when I get to the the bus door, Francie, Francie Millington. He said, You love he said, You love this weather. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> no, and it was like buckets and buckets of rain, man. Come in, just the rain was just pouring. The rain was pouring, pour. and I say, boy, I don't think I can make it in this place. Eh? <laughs> and then, and then I think, and then Nicky Reed and the band dropped me down by the apartment with um, what's his name? He used to be the chairman one time, Michael something. Laden. But he, I think what's he used that? to be the chairman at one time. I can't remember his name. I think it's Michael something. Yeah, I think I think it's Mike Michael Laden. I think it's him. something like that, yeah. Yeah. And um and I remember the um the next morning I got up for training and I get to the door and it was like the rain still coming the same way. <laughs> so I went back inside. I went back inside and I light the fire and I put my feet up and I watching telly and I hear bang 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 and the door doorbell going bang 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 doorbell going and I was like who's at the door? <laughs> and then um, I went to the door and it was Nicky Reed and he was like what are you doing I said just chilling he said you're not going training I said we're going to train this rain because here in St. Vincent when you see rain come like that we don't we don't train we don't play no football you know so I was like I was like shocked like seeing all this rain and then we have to go training and then but, but the funny part right I went training everybody training like the training ground gets so soft. Your whole boots is on the mud. It's the first time I see guys play football in long pants. So I was yeah. like, how can they play football in long pants? I mean, I'm in sharp pants. And my boots is on the mud. Nicky Reed. And that did Nicky Reed give me a laugh. Eh? And that from that day, I just say, this place is my home, man. Watch. <laughs> Nicky Reed had his long pants on. And his pants were soaked. And Nicky Reed is a lunatic. You, you know, he took off his pants. <laughs> he took off his pants in training and just and, and, and in, just stay in his boxer shorts just playing football. 
And I say, these guys are crazy, but they, they're real nice. And everybody was like so loving, like Kipper, like Decky, Boxy, all them guys was like really, really, really good to me. But you see Nicky Bruges, he's just different. He's a different a different species. He, he just look after everybody, you know? <laughs> but Sligo is... I just, them boys say, them boys even haters ask me, when, when you're going back home, you know, you ain't going home. Because everything for me is Ireland and first thing is Sligo. You know? I was telling them boys a story the other night. We leave training, um, we leave training one day. And normally I would go to the pool with them boys and watch the play pool and stuff. But we decided we're going by this place and have breakfast right on the main street on the left hand side. I can't remember the place, car, but it's a cafe it was there and we went there, we had something to eat and I I came outside, right? And I think it's myself and Glenn Shannon and I think Marcus Hallows and somebody else was there. We're standing on the, on the sidewalk and this, this this old lady, she she came up to me and she she hold on. First she like looking up and then she hold on to my hand and she was like rubbing my hand, washing her hand, rubbing my hand, washing my hand. And she's like that. She was rubbing, thinking my skin will come, the, the color will come off, you know? And she was like, <laughs> And she was like, you really black? I said, yeah, I am. You know? <laughs> you know? I, I, I just thought that was so funny, like, you know what I mean? She said, you really black? And I said, yes, I am. You know? Uh, so, like, I mean, there's many times, like, people call me. He had this little kid who was in a, a pub one, and he just stayed me, like, I think it's Dicey Riley's I was in, and this kid just stayed me, stayed me, stayed me, stayed me, stayed me. And then, but his dad was playing um, pool. And then the little kid come over to me and say, hey, brown fella. You know? And I, and I was like, I'm not brown, I'm black. So he said, hey, black fella. I said, how is it going? <laughs> I wanna, and me and this little kid sit down, we, we talk, we talk. And he said, so why are you black? So I said, I was born in the sun. You know? Yeah. And um, I said, on that side, majority of the people is my color. But I said, it's not brown, it's black. And he said, okay. Oh no, his father stopped playing pool, right? And he came over and he said, thank you very much. He, he said, um, from the time you walk in, he keep asking me. And I couldn't answer him. So I said, no, you should answer him. Because you know a black fella. You know? He's none to hide, you know what I mean? <laughs> a color is just, is, that is only my skin tone because, I mean, cut me, cut you, still blood running, yeah. you know? And wise, when you just touching on that topic, like, did you encounter that much racism during matches from opposition fans or anything like that? I think some, but as I say, right, you, you, I did have some, and I could remember in Dublin actually, Dub, Dublin, you, you really get some of them chants and so. But it's not the thing that I think about. But the only thing that really did bother me one time, we played a game against Shamrock Rovers in um. Sligo, I think we beat them or something. I think we beat them. I was outside because, you know, they had a, um, like we had a, a drum or something, a piece of drum outside that we used to wash the boots in. So I went and I, so I went and I put my foot up on the, the, the um, tub and I was scrubbing off my boots and we, without taking it off now, you know? And some, um, some Rovers fans passed and pushed me, <laughs> pushed me and, um, like my foot went into the tub now, you know? But then that was it. That was it. That was it. I mean, all the racism that I encountered, it wasn't enough to turn me off of all the good, or all the good people that meet me and surround me in Sligo, you know? I mean, 
I just tell them guys, I used to, there was somebody for me to eat by every night of the week in Sligo. I never had to do groceries. <laughs> it's every night. I went so you were fond of a night out as well that time. Oh, cheese, yeah. Well, here's something now. I never used to drink, you know. I came to <laughs> Ireland, I never used to drink. So, like, the first two months, uh, three months, I was in I, I was in Sligo. I never went out. I never went out. So, from games, it's like, to the apartment, chill. So, I never used to go out. But then, I think, I think it's a cup game. I think it's a cup game we played, and um, and I was in the shower, and Nicky Reed came, and then he said, Big fella, so you going out tonight? I say, yeah, 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 because that is always my answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I will go home and I will never come out, you know. So I was home, I put on um, Nikki with them to get ready for like say eight o'clock, and then the same thing, holy parade again. So I decide I'm not going anywhere. Nikki would come and get me out of the house. We drove up. We parked to the top of Canal Street, down from where four lights used to be. Uh, four lights are. Four lanterns, the, the, the um chip shop. Yeah, yeah. He parked there, right? And he said to me, um, he said, We're gonna um have a drink by every pub on this side of the road. Because remember, I don't know which pubs there, right? So I'm saying, how much pubs can how much pubs can be going wrong that road? So I said, Okay. He said, What are you drinking? I said, Well, I don't really drink, so I don't know what to drink. So I said, What are you gonna drink? He said, Guinness. I said, Okay, we, we have Guinness home by us, so I'll drink a Guinness. Call for pint of Guinness. My body, Nicky Reed went up. And when he come down, I was looking at this man right in his face. Right? He, he, the head of the Guinness gave him a moustache. And half of the Guinness was gone. And I only take like a little sip. Because I saying, well, we're going to take a time and drink some Guinness. Nicky Reed said, come on, hurry up. We got to go. I said, I thought we were having a drink. He said, yeah, we just did. He said, so you finish your <laughs> I had to go up and just knock it back, rest it down. Went literally, literally two doors down. He said, come, let's go in here. Another pub. So by now, I saw catch up. He said, you have to drink fast. So I drink in fast. He said, come on, let's go. Next pub. He said, so I said, really, maybe I should go home now because I don't start to get drunk, you know what I mean? He said, no, no, come on, come on, come on. By this, by this time, we, we we probably had like five points against before we reached Fiddlers. <laughs> Walk into Fiddlers, right? All the boys was at the um the bar. You know, Fiddlers bar is long and all them there. I saw this big open fire. And there, and there's where I just want to be, by the open fire. You know? I was by the open fire. And then the heat, Nicky Reed just bringing me points against. Bringing me points against. I was like, okay. But then you have two girls who are sitting between them guys, right? I, I, I didn't know the girls, and I, I doubt the boys know them either. But the boys were trying to talk to them, and they wouldn't talk to the boys. And then one of them get up and went to the washroom. And she came back, right? But then she used the, the um, toilet roll, and the toilet roll was sticking in her underwear. And, <laughs> and she came out. Yeah, she came, she came back out, right? And um, them guys were just like laughing and laughing and laughing. And I... I was there and I pick up everything that's happening and I, and I went across, right? Because I saw how she was dealing with them boys from before. So I say, so I went over and I touched on her shoulder. I said, Miss, I don't want to talk to you, okay? I do not want to talk to you, but I just want to tell you, you have something. And she looked down and she started to tell her, right? And she hustled back by the bathroom. 
And when she came back, that girl just take up her bag and just leave, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was my that was my fourth night out in Sligo. <laughs> First fourth of night. many. And end up in um what the place named Equinox. Yeah. End up in Equinox with um Glenn Shannon and probably whole team was in there. Good times. Great times. Yeah. Uh, why was there ever an opportunity to sign back with Rovers? Because obviously you went away with Bray and Galway and as you said, you were in Canada as well, but was there ever a chance to sign back? You know, I always wanted to come back, you know. I always want to come back because as I said to you before, right? I never wanted to leave. A lot of people don't know, but I never wanted to leave. I um I was fine when I um when I'm that guy, what's his name? Tommy Cassidy came. I mean we had a lot of we, we had a good squad. We had a real good squad with um O'Grady and um Carl Van Neville in the middle of the park. And Tommy Cassidy kinda messed up our team because he's the one who kinda forced me out because even when he asked me, he, he asked me about money if I don't want to go and make more money elsewhere. And I said, no. I said, I'm happy here. I said, I don't want to go anywhere. So then he started not playing me. And I still didn't want to go. You understand? And because I was comfortable, I was I, I was happy. I, Sligo is like my village in, in St. Vincent. You know, every, everybody knew everybody. You know, I don't... I don't have a girlfriend out in Bunonaden. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> out in the sticks, you know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And he just come and take my thing away from me, you know. Even like um it's like the next week or two weeks after that, it was just like everything happened so fast. You know what I mean? You know, everything happened so fast, and then next thing I hear is um I gotta go bread to meet with Pat Devlin and I went and I did. I, I wasn't so happy at Bray, to be honest with you. I, like, because I wasn't, my heart wasn't to leave Sligo, you know. But then, you know, it happened and I went and I went and to had a little success in Bray and enjoyed the same way, you know. Yeah, but Tommy Cassidy is the one who made me leave Sligo was when I didn't want to leave, man. That is why you see every chance I got, them time I was back in Sligo. Yeah. Any little time I forgot, I was in Sligo. I was back in Sligo. Never want to leave. And that is why you see, I was always being in contact with somebody from Sligo. Myself and Glenn Channel, we on the phone for like hours talking. Old time stupidness, you know? And he plans to come back, wise. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would like to because, you know, I have, um, I would love to come back as much as, um, but when, I'm not sure yet. You know, when I'm not sure, but because the, the national team have, I was aiming for December because I don't know if you guys know that I have three kids in Ireland, like, you know. I have um two in Galway and, and um one in Bray. So Dean. So I really have to go and make a trip to see them, you know what I mean? Hmm. What is what's the future hold for you boys? Where do you see your uh, will you still stay involved in football or what's future most definitely most definitely i mean more like you, you see like you see when i step away from a national u20 team like i think it was like i think my, my contract was finished the contract was up 
and I didn't um I think they were waiting and certain things to start give people a contract again and, and I just fell out of love with the game and just never went back. You know, so it's just last year it's just last year I start back giving because what I would have been doing since I, I turned forty is just playing over forty football, just play masters football. You know? But then now, like from last year, I started playing, you know, you have them village leagues in Sydney and thing. I would play in the village leagues and stuff. Keep myself young, you know? Yeah. I, but I played I played in a, in a league in a, in a village next to me um for this year and we um with a bunch with a bunch of young boys and um but we got to the finals, played Sunday, and I get a hell of a beating. <laughs> I felt I, I felt my age after. I won't yeah. lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was good. It was, but it's still it's still good. But definitely, what something that I would love is to come back and coach us like going at some at some capacity, coaches like that that would be one of my main goals. That's something I would love to achieve. It it, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be like say I'm first team manager or whatever, but just, just to come and say coach and have an input in doing something around the club. I would love that. Yeah. I love that. That'd be that'd be really I mean, good. I'm not saying I, I wouldn't love to be Slag Rovers manager. You know, because that would be a, it's everybody, yeah. Because that would be a, a big dream for me. Because you have times when you have times not you have times gone by that I used to always say, "Boy, I wish I was like a manager to just be coaching like my style of football that I like, what I like to play." You know what I mean? Because one of even as center half I like to see guys bring the ball out you know what I mean and play football you know and no doubt um, John Russell is trying to do that because I know he's a ball player as well you know what I mean because I played with him with um, Galway United and I know he's a ball player you know I can't remember John would have been very young when you played with him wise, would he? yeah 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 he would have been a young fella but he was he was, he was a nice player yeah when I, because I was always follow Sligo, I, I was trying to follow Sligo was and well the teams that I really play with Sligo and Bray and Galway, I try to follow them and see how they're doing and stuff always, you know. Yeah, so as I was trying to keep in the loop of what's happening, and but I, why not? I can tell you something, right? I was holding a meds, I was holding a meds, right? I was holding a meds. You see that the Rovers win two two zero. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody put up a somebody put up a post halftime post, right? And say Rovers one nil up. I type. After I type and say, come on boys, we have this. I start typing, right? And say we, we get this to to zero. But I never send the message. <laughs> Seriously, I never send the message. Yeah. And then I was there having a little ganja man. Yeah, you know, I was having a little ganja and thing and forget to send the message. And when and when I went back and I saw full time two zero, I said, shit, I said, let me go and see how much people are going to like uh, my um, prediction. And then there the message was. So I just deleted and never sent it. 
Just as well it was. For real, for real, for real. Yo, I tell you, I was gas, man. Trust me. That, and that's only the second time that ever happened to me. We'll have to get a prediction off you, Wes, for uh, Friday night against Derry. Jesus. I was watching them. Them flying as well, man. Yeah. Them flying, yeah. What? We're playing home, are we? Home. home. Friday night. Uh, it's always, a 1-0 a, a win is always good, you know. Come on, a one-nil one win is always good. We'll take it. We'll, we'll yeah. take that. Yeah, we'll take that. Just watch it from the shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been brilliant having you, Wes. Um, so good to hear all the old stories and uh, see how you're you're doing. And when you get back to Ireland, uh, touch base with us and we, we, we'll meet up for a pint. Uh, j- one pint? Right lads, final parts of this week's show We'll look ahead now to the visit of Derry City on Friday Sean, um, would you go with the same team that, that bit UCD? Find it hard not to I think the one change I might make is I'd bring Branifak back in at right full and maybe put Nile in the centre. I don't know if Burton ready to start against Derry. I think they're very, very strong in the centre of the park. I think that's where we're going to need legs. And I just don't know if Burton have 90 minutes from the start. I have no problem introducing them later on in the game. I think that might be more effective. Um, but that'll be about it, Ronan. I can't really see a case for well, Barlow scoring as well. He'll be rare to go. So I suppose, look, it's finally giving you options again, which is always a good thing. But I suppose, look, John went to that side for for a reason. So I'd assume he'll go, he'll go with that again against Derry. But that'll be kind of just the, the only small little tweaks I'd be looking to make. And Donald, you'll be looking to get one over from the, the previous time we played them as well. Absolutely. Like uh, Neil Doyle. Neil Doyle did us the last time we were playing with them, uh, playing against them. Uh, with the, with the penalty kick, there should have been a free out in the ninety fourth minute. Um, so like if if just is just, uh, we 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 certainly owe them one. But I'm kind of, I suppose I'm kind of sick of and weary of saying that we owe teams one this season. So look, at the end of the day, we have to start the game with the same mentality and the same aggression and the same pressure. Um, that we start the game against UCD. Um. I wouldn't change. I suppose it's hard to change a winning team, do you know that kind of way. So, and a team that kept kept a clean sheet, a score two goals. What do you change? I don't know. Um, I just, I don't know. It's I, I just hope that, uh, as I say, we, the same team turns up again, and we, we just go into the game with the right mentality. It's nearly like a free hit for us as well. The pressure's all on Derry, so it's nearly a case of us kind of sitting in and hitting them on the break. Because they're going to have to, it's, it's the pressure's on them to score, the pressure's on them to beat us. So, you know, um, but keep it simple. And if we do create chances, hopefully we take enough of them to win the game. And if we were to give predictions, Jerry? Um, well, we've done, we've done well against, well, in fairness, we always do well against Derry this for a long, long time. Uh, this season, we drew first game one all. Uh, Bogdan should have won it first. The silly bollocks. But anyways, um, 
Then we bet them one nil in the showgrounds, and then they bet us two one there in July. Um, I look, they were very fortunate to be the start day. Um, I think again, everybody knew. You know, they got what the first they got one penalty. You mentioned Nicholas said the second one, psh, bit of a joke, like, um. So yeah, look, I I, I, I go for. I don't think I don't I think we're going to get something out of the game. I don't see us. I don't think we'll get beat. I think I'd probably go for a one all. Sean, bite your hand off for a one all, yeah. And Donald, I'm not going to make a prediction, Ronan. Hmm. I don't think I made one. Did I make one last last time? No, I didn't. Not, not making a prediction. I'm not making a prediction. Uh, uh, all I want is for the team to to show up, play the game, or just play with the right mentality and. Um, uh, post the game in the right manner and I think that if they do that uh, that's all I can ask of them so no no predictions for me but just hopefully that, that we just put on the show that's all very good uh, if I was to make a prediction I'm going to say 2-1 Rovers yay now actually I, at the Wes Charles made my prediction so okay fair enough go Wes just on a just on the the, the the changes that the change that Sean was saying, I can I was kind of thinking as well about not changing the winning team, but I know where he's coming from. Um like a will like Derry are very strong in midfield. Um and is it a game for a guy that hasn't played ninety minutes or not a lot of football in the last while? I just feel that we could be overpowered there. So maybe I think I'd agree with Sean and the in terms of selection, um, or like just one thing I noticed the last day as well, it was uh, Barlow's celebration for his goal. I don't know if any of the rest of you kind of noticed it, but uh, he kind of ran to the bench uh, and it looked like he was going to celebrate the, with the bench, but he actually didn't. He kind of stood there looking, which I thought was a bit strange, but I suppose he was kind of coming from the point of, well, here I am, I'm making a point, but. You know he needs to be, he needs to bring more of that. He needs to bring that more on a regular basis. You know he's been extremely hot and cold this season. When he's been hot, he's been you know very very good. But all too often he hasn't really he hasn't really done it. So you know he just needs to bring that consistency. And you know if he does get the chance uh, to play on Friday night, hopefully he he turns up with the goods again and and just brings that consistency to his game. Because to be honest, yeah, we we. Um, Nobody talked about him in, in more glowing terms than we did at the start of the season because we know the potential that he has. But, you know, it's consistency. That's the name of the game. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Jerry. Cheers, lads. And thank you, Donald. Two and up. Cheers, boys. Those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. They're looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. 